0: There's no surface reason to part ways with Deontay Johnson, but then NFL business isn't always conducted on the surface. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots on the other two teams in town that I cover, the Penguins and the Pirates, and I hope you'll take the time to check those out as well. I'm a Deontay guy. I've never apologized for that. When Deontay goes through his various crises and does something really insanely weird on the field, I'll criticize him, but I'm still with him. I like what the guy brings both on and off the field. And if all you ever think about him is, oh, he's that guy who just stood there and froze when that fumble was bouncing around, you're not going to have seen or understood as much as someone who's been around him and got to see him with his teammates, with George Pickens, with other younger wide receivers. He's been a positive influence in every way. That said, Deontay's be 28 years old, and he's heading into a 2024 season where he's a $15.8 million cap hit. He's actually being paid $10 million. And after that, he's gone. He's a free agent. I couldn't conceive of any scenario in which you'd sign him to an extension. But I also, to be honest with you, have consistently had a difficult time figuring out why the Steelers wouldn't have him back. Meaning, of course, that they'd entertain some kind of trade. And then Arthur Smith happened. And then watching a lot of Arthur Smith film happened. And all I can think about is that this man is going to take this job as coordinator with very few levers he can pull. He's going to operate with the same players, by and large, that Matt Canada had, that Mike Sullivan had. It's obviously a younger group. Most of them aren't even into their second contracts, as long as we're talking about contracts. And you're not about to see any great changes at, say, you know, running back or tight ends or offensive line. These are the building blocks, very obviously, of any rushing attack. Now, to that end, Smith does get himself some pretty good guys. I think we can all agree that. Certainly later in the season, and pretty much everything post-Indianapolis, saw the Steelers become one of the better rushing teams in the league. So that's nice for him. But every new coach at every level likes to be able to come in and put their imprint on it, or at least as much of their imprint as possible. Not necessarily out of ego or vanity, but just because, man... I believe in my offense. I believe in my playbook. I just wish I could have some of this over here and some of that over there. And we all focus so much on quarterback. But in the Arthur Smith offense, it's built, and he said this himself, on physicality, on forcing teams backward, on maybe even having a little bit of an intimidation factor. And how does this tie in with Deontay, you might ask? Well, okay. The one thing he's not exactly great at, and he'd probably admit it in a softer moment, is blocking. He's not all that interested in it. He's not invested in it. And that's a difficult thing to manufacture. Deontay could conceivably come into Latrobe and spend four full weeks attempting to to convince all of us that he's been reborn, he's the new Heinz Ward, he's going to be just concussing players left and right. And it still won't happen if it's not natural to you. It just won't. Not in any sport can you impose upon an athlete the desire to be physical they probably either have that or don't by the time they're like four or five years old. So, my guess is that out of the Steelers' remaining wide receivers, and that of course would be Deontay, George Pickens, Calvin Austin, you're not going to see Allen Robinson. You're not sure you want to see Miles Boykin in a starting role. He's a terrific special teams guy. The one that really leaps out. As being an unwilling blocker is Deontay. George has his own weird moments on the field. But make no mistake, George can block and loves to block whenever he's all the way in on it. Meaning he's not feeling down about the passing game. Perfect case in point. In Baltimore, he had zero catches, zero targets was handed the ball once near the end of the first half, just so that oh no, I'm sorry, it was at the beginning of the second half, just so that they could say, "Here George, you touched the ball. Otherwise, all he did was block and run around as a decoy. His teammates loved it, he was treated like a prince, and he was smiling through the whole thing. I don't know that he could get through a whole season like that, but he seemed to be appreciative of that scenario. He can block is what I'm saying. And if Arthur Smith can sell him and every receiver the way Smith's done in the past, or at least attempted to do in the past with everyone, that's a really nice plus to have. Still doesn't solve the Deontay thing. So let's just say that I'm not feeling as strongly as I had pre-Smith about Deontay being here in 2024. I do think... And I have said this to you before, that the Steelers would be smart to consider a wide receiver in the first two rounds. There's plenty enough of them that you should be able to get another one in the second. Boy, the Steelers have been pretty good at that other than Chase Claypool. And this might now be added to the reasons why when we come back to J1Q... Today's J1Q, I'm going to read off three responses that came in to yesterday's show, which was led by George Pickens, and my asking whether or not he had found something over the final month. And you're going to have to take my word for it that almost all of the responses sounded like these three, so consider them to be representative. Flint says, yes, George found a quarterback. Sometimes it really is that simple. Dell says, in my opinion, George found a quarterback who could get him the ball in the right situations. Frank says, it's going to demoralize George and the whole team when Kenny stinks the first game of the regular season. Here's why I've read these responses. And I hope this part gets interpreted the way it's intended. I am so not... Into this Mason versus Kenny, Kenny versus Mason thing, meaning as its own thing. I don't think of it that way at all. Yes, I am emphatically on record that Mason should start the 2024 season as QB1. I've made that crystal clear. I've based it on what I feel is A fair and compelling amount of evidence that we all witnessed at the end of the regular season. But when I make these points, when I read off data, when I recite things that players have told me, that people inside the building over there have told me, it's not because, well, let's put it this way. Somebody sent me a communication This was just yesterday that said, DK, you've got to knock it off with the Kenny hate. This was actually written by somebody. They hear something positive about the other quarterback as Kenny hate. Listen, this is an election year. Everybody's in for a pretty rough ride with a lot of this crap in another way. Okay. You don't need to bring it to your Steelers fandom. And if anything, it's only going to end up clouding your judgment in one direction or the other, or way worse, making you so cemented with a stance that you won't even consider the other side if the other side, meaning the quarterback that you don't prefer, ends up excelling. What happens if Kenny just comes back and is some mega superstar? Kenny's just figured it all out. No more rollouts to the left. No more waiting forever to get rid of the ball. Touchdowns galore. What do you do then? Do you just say, I'm a Mason guy. I committed. It's all it's going to be for now and all time. You can't do that. It's just football. You're all Steelers fans. You'd never have pressed play on this program if you weren't a Steelers fan. you got to be nuts to be pressing play on this program if you're not a Steelers fan. A lot of people, to emphasize the positive here, to their credit, as Mason was doing really well and getting the Steelers into the playoffs where they, the players, all wanted to be, were supportive. Heard it from a bunch of people, people who identified themselves as pit fans, diehard pit fans, who were grateful to Kenny for bringing them the ACC championship. But it feels like more and more, based on the responses to this show, based on social media, based on whatever, that it's just becoming so sharply divided. And I am telling you, that is not healthy because as the 2024 season progresses, whether it's week one or week 17, you're going to see ups and downs no matter who is the quarterback. And if you are so set on one guy unconditionally, again, comparing it to politics, then you're going to invest so much energy in cutting down whoever the current guy happens to be, you're not even going to enjoy the games. Remember, this is supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be fun, but especially for the fans. And right now, this doesn't feel... Like a whole lot of fun. Not this discussion. But hey, now that I've shared my latest round of Kenny hate, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to this program. And we will do another one of these on Monday, I promise. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.